There's a famous quote that says, Emotional pain cannot kill you, but running from it can. Once you experience pain, it's easy to have an emotional or even selfish response to that pain, compounding the problem. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, letting you know that although today's episode is true, we're going to change the names in order to, as they say, protect the innocent, and maybe to protect a few of the guilty, too. So listen as we bring you this classic true story, right now on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. The woman in our story built a wall around herself in order to avoid pain. In fact, she selfishly hid behind her talents and career, staying so busy no one could find out who she really was. She even pushed away her closest relationships, people who wanted to genuinely love and pursue her. Her response to pain was so severe that it seemed no one could get through. Also, you want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize you're really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of the woman we're calling Molly. get why we gotta do this. It's court-ordered, so there's likely a good reason. Well, why's it got to be with you then? If there's someone else you'd like to see, I can... It don't matter. You're all the same anyway. Is that so? Yeah, that's so. Well, does that mean it could be said that you're the same as all the other girls here? I'm not like them. So it's not good to lump people together. You know what? What? You know nothing. Nothing. Try me. What? I mean it. I want to know about you. You wouldn't understand, Mrs. Molly. Call me Molly. Go ahead. I'm listening. Look, you never had it bad like us kids here. Oh? Yeah, oh. My dad walked out on us when I was 10 years old. I hated him, and I hated my mom for letting him do it. That's why I dropped out of school. That's why I left home. I worked at nothing little jobs, and nights I hung around places you think you were too good to even go into. <laughs> Don't be so sure. Oh, what do you know? You wouldn't understand the half of it. Well, my dad did walk out on my family, just like you. I rebelled against him and my mom both. I got a place of my own, worked dead-end jobs, never trusting anyone for anything. I even sang with a bar band in some of those places you believe I'd be too proud to go into. And I still say, your life doesn't have to be a hot mess. Listen, and I'll tell you why. In today's story, we're going to change the names in order, as they say, to protect the innocent, and maybe to protect a few of the guilty, too. But the story is all true. So listen as we bring you the classic true story of a girl we're calling Molly, right now on Unshackled. Molly will do. I was brought up in a Middle Western American city of medium size. There were just four of us, mom, dad, my younger brother, and me. I guess in most ways, ours was a pretty average sort of home. 
Religious influence? Well, from the time I was very small, I was sent to Sunday school and church. You'll notice I said sent. There was a reason. I think my mom would have been willing to go along had she not run into such strong opposition from my dad. What took you so long? Just visiting with folks. You have to greet everyone twice? For your information, Mrs. Myers was asking about my chicken bake recipe and- I've been sitting here 10 minutes while you're gabbing about casseroles. I told you I'm capable of taking Molly to Sunday school and that I'd even stay for church and bring her home myself. We're not doing that. What's the big deal? It's not like you'd be the one sitting through it. That's just it. If you went, then everyone would want to know why I wasn't there. <sighs> You're impossible. I spent enough time sitting on a wooden pew to last me the rest of my life. It couldn't have been that bad. No, it was worse. A preacher's kid can't call one minute of the day his own, especially in a blue-nosed church like my dad's. He can't act like the other boys in school, can't talk like him, isn't even supposed to think like him. Aren't you exaggerating just a little? No. And the people never take their eyes off you. And some of them try to pump the preacher's kid for everything he knows. Like the time Dad and a few of the leaders had a consultation with a man who had backslidden. It was supposed to be a secret. Why wasn't it? One of the dear busybody ladies stopped me on the street and tried to find out if I knew what it was all about. Well, you're not a preacher's kid anymore. And the least you can do is encourage Molly. I'll let her go. But we're not having a part of this, and I mean it. Truth be told, one of the main reasons I enjoyed going to church was because I could sing. I felt appreciated for my talent, and I reveled in the chance to attract attention and earn compliments. No child dislikes that. By seventh grade, I was singing on the radio in a children's chorus. And in high school, I sang in a trio that was booked every weekend. When trouble struck our house, it came without warning. It was early evening, I recall, when Dad walked in, wearing his best suit. Well, the Duke steps out. Going somewhere? As a matter of fact, yes. I didn't know you had anything planned. Well, it's time you all found out. I'm making arrangements to sell the house. What? We're moving? I don't know what you and your mother are doing, but I'm leaving for good. Is this about that woman? What woman? It is, isn't it? I'm not getting into this. You can't let that woman wreck our family. This, this isn't okay. <sighs> I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you being all dramatic? This is exactly what I was trying to avoid. You're supposed to be responsible for this family. Look, I gotta go. My meeting's in half an hour. If you leave, then don't come back. Then I'll take my suitcase with me. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. But that day, I learned it can take years or mere minutes for a home to be broken. Mom found us our own place, and we slowly adjusted to our new surroundings, at least physically. Emotionally, I was wrecked, and I didn't know if I was ever going to feel right again. I was angry at my parents and didn't trust or care for them. Certainly, I couldn't trust anyone else. No matter how much I wanted to belong or care for someone, I wasn't giving anyone a chance to hurt me. I built a hard, brittle shell around myself but it didn't have the payoffs I thought it would have. 
Oh, good. You're back. Hey, Mom. Samantha called. She wants to know if you want to have a sleepover. What did you tell her? That you'd love to. Mom! Molly, you've been avoiding her since we moved, and she's been one of your best friends for years. It's still not your decision to make. Okay. Do you want me to call her back? Yes. Tell her I'm sick. I, I left the country. I have other plans. Anything. I'm not going to lie. Then tell her I just don't want to for all I care. Molly, you're not going to have many people left in your life if you keep pushing them out. You won't be in my life if you don't mind your own business. As soon as I could, I got my own place where mom's hawk eyes couldn't see and no questions would be asked. While it's obvious some people are hiding from the world by withdrawing, it was harder to tell with me because my defense was keeping busy and participating, all the while very cautious so as not to let anyone get close. In my mind, I didn't need anyone for anything anyways. No one in the bar bands I sang with complained. I doubt they even noticed. Get up on stage, Molly. All right. You're not coming? All the boys and I will stall to the next set. The bar wants more time to sell drinks, so they want to keep the crowd off the floor a little longer. So why do I have to come up on- Well, we gotta give them something now, and it looks like you're it. So that's how this is gonna work. Little Molly and her songs to get loaded with? Make them love you now. That night, while I sang with my eyes burning in that smoke-filled bar, watching the rest of the band get drunk and wasted, a feeling of discontentment filled my chest. I didn't want to be pushed around anymore. I was determined to do something about my fate. Yeah! yeah! Wow, Molly! You're a real crowd pleaser! That was great! Yeah, it was. Come on, I'll buy you a drink! Getting paid per song and a free drink. Ian, you're all heart. Well, what can I say? You're a crowd pleaser, and you can't find that every day. I forgot to mention that my price has doubled. Are you kidding me? I'm a crowd pleaser, right, Ian? You've got to understand that. We're hard to find these days. <laughs> Fine. I guess. Glad we have an understanding. Aside from singing in bars and lounges, I rotated through all kinds of daytime jobs. After a while, it was clear there was definitely something significant about the way I drifted from one job to the next. I only worked when I needed money. And after I had sung or saved enough, I'd quit. I didn't seek further employment until I was broke and forced back into the workforce again. But my talents were more spread out than even I was aware of. I almost forgot. The Bobcats call today. I think I've heard of them. It's softball. Oh, yeah. They offered me a job. Sweetie, that's wonderful. Are you going to be some kind of assistant or equipment manager? Uh, no, Mom. I'll be the lead pitcher. <laughs> the lead pitcher? Molly, since when did you play softball and, and pitch? I tried out last week after seeing an ad. And you just happened to get it? Exactly. What about singing? Oh, I'm not giving up the dive bar gigs. So you'll play softball during the day and sing at night? For now. Oh, Molly. The team was in a statewide amateur league that drew good-sized crowds every time we took the field. There were certain advantages to be gained by playing well which I discovered when the manager approached me after I pitched a shutout game. Good job, Molly. You really poured it on today. The innings went quick. They sure did, kid. Our sponsors noticed the way you're excelling in the league. So what? 
they're going to renew my contract at nothing a week. <laughs> I wouldn't call a car nothing. What? They're giving me a car? It's not brand new, but it is in mint condition. That's amazing! Just a little expression of appreciation for that no-hit, no-run game you just played. Oh, now I'll try to pitch the next game the same way. Well, the day was coming when I would be very close to pitching another shutout. And lose a game in spite of it. And find a new life. You can understand it was quite a day. In a way, the most significant day of my life. Folks, we'll get back to Molly's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Dot org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to Molly's classic true story. While I was excelling as a singer and ball player, I wasn't doing so hot as a person. I didn't want anyone to discover the safe little world I had built. But bottom line, I was desperately lonely and unhappy. I certainly wasn't expecting someone to come along and see right through it. Which is what happened the day of the league championship game. It all started a few minutes before game time. I was in the bullpen warming up when... Molly, some of your fans want to talk to you before you go out and pitch another shutout. Coach, stop talking about shutouts. You're going to jinx us. Oh, fine, but I know it's going to happen. Where are these fans? See those two girls down in front there? Yep. You know them? Uh, not sure. One way to find out. Uh, don't let your arm cool off. You want to take the mound? It was just a suggestion. Hey there. I heard you wanted to see me. Girl, we have not been waiting out in the sun for nothing. <laughs> This is Jada, and I'm Natalie. Remember us from school? Uh, sure, yeah. You both look familiar. Well, we remember that your daddy left you, and your mom and brother, right? Jada! Well, it's true. Wow, you don't beat around the bush, do ya? What Jada is trying to say is we know what you've been through, and we're praying for you. Oh, you are? Yeah, and a lot of others in our church, too. Praying? You mean, like, to win the championship? Well, we hope you do while pitching, too, but... Girl, we're praying, because you got issues you've got to deal with. What? How do you know what... Molly, all of us have issues to a greater or lesser degree. 
And we just want you to know that the Lord put it on our hearts to let you know he cares for you. And you don't have to go through these issues alone. Oh. Um. Okay. Thanks. That's right. God made us for relationship. And relationship most of all with him. Jesus loves you, Molly. Uh. Yeah. I'd like to think that was true. It is. And we're going to keep on praying for you. Thanks. <laughs> Probably need all the help I can get. Jada and Natalie stayed for the game, which turned out to be about the tightest one you could imagine. I allowed just one hit, and we still lost, which meant we'd be in a playoff game later that evening. As much as I pitched, I didn't think I'd start. As the day wore on, I noticed Jada and Natalie were still in the stands. Why? I didn't know. You two must really like baseball. Mm, not really. Yeah, it's confusing. I have no idea how many quarters there can be. Innings. They're called innings. Why are you staying then? For you. We've been praying. I was surprised they had such strong beliefs in this prayer thing. In the third inning, I went into pitch with the strange feeling that no matter how well I did, we were going to lose, which we did by a run. I also somehow felt out of place, almost like I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Even after the game and I'd been home in my apartment for a week, I still couldn't shake that feeling in the pit of my stomach. Soon after, my new friends came by, bearing gifts. What are they? Church pamphlets, tracts. There's some good info in there. See the list of Bible verses on the back? Yeah. Well, it might help to look them up if you're seeking direction. Okay. You have a Bible? Yeah, my grandmother gave me one. Okay, well, we'll get going. But I'll leave you with this one verse, one of my favorites. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's nice. The Lord doesn't want you out there stumbling around in the dark. He wants to light your path, Molly. That night, I tossed and turned, unable to sleep. After two or three hours, I got up, read the pamphlets, and grew curious about the verses on that list. So I dug around until I found my Bible, and then read the verses one by one. I was not prepared for what would happen next. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That was something I knew about. Trouble. And most of the other verses were the promises made by Jesus, or made it clear that for a person like me, confused and living a pointless life, the answer was Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. All things, huh? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Lord, do you really want to direct my path? Can I trust you to do that? I think so. Yes. Yes, I can trust you. I will trust you. I've never trusted anyone, Lord. Not even myself. 
But I can trust you, Jesus. I trust you to do for me what I cannot do for myself. Sleep came almost at once after I prayed and admitted I was wrong and asked Christ to come in and take over. And in the morning, I was amazed to discover that whatever changes may have taken place in me, the most important thing seemed to be that I felt altogether different about others. Hello? Mom? Hi, dear. Listen, Mom, um, how would it be if I were to give up this apartment and come back to live with you and David? Really? Yeah. I, um, I can move back gradually and just sort of ease into being back at home. So it's not too abrupt or overwhelming for you and David. Oh, Molly, that would be wonderful. Hey, sis, I made it. What are you doing here? I just got off the phone with mom ten minutes ago. Yeah, she said you're moving back, so I got these boxes, and, oh, why you gotta live on the third floor? <laughs> Where'd you get these boxes? Just found them in the alley out back. They're good size. They're perfect. Mom's taking off work, but she said she's finishing her coffee, then we'll come over. Oh, she didn't have to do that. She's mom, Molly. She likes doing things for us. In the weeks that followed, I came to see what a wonderful person my mom really was. I realized my anger and distrusting mindset had put a wedge between us that never had to be, and I had denied her any chance at expressing her love. For years, I carried around with me a spirit of distrust, bitterness, and unforgiveness. But Jesus was changing my life by changing my attitudes, and I was so grateful because life kept getting better instead of being a constant string of miseries. Mom and I often had sessions of prayer together that I treasured. And after one of those sessions, she said something I will never forget. You want to know what I see as the best approach for life? Of course. Even after heartbreak and disappointments and pain? Uh-huh. That whatever you do, love people and always love real hard. That's what makes it worthwhile? It does, honey. Even though mom's gone now, her guidance made it possible for me to pursue my career. Jesus has given me a heart for reaching out and helping others in the same way he reached out for me. So you see, not all counselors are suits, and many Christians have paths that could make someone blush. And bad hands dealt aren't sentences for life. Eventually, I was able to impart these truths in my position as a counselor where I dealt with teen girls who looked a lot like the angry, lost, distrusting girl I used to be. Sorry what I said. It's all right. I had no idea. What I want you to understand is there is no powerlessness in Christ, and he can take the worst of things and use them for the best. Nothing else in this world is going to do that but him. You know, I'm glad I have you. You are? Yeah. I feel like I can make it too. With the Lord's help. I have no doubt. Listening friend, the world is full of people who have been hurt and are afraid to trust others or to trust themselves. If that comes close to home with you, 
And if you want to experience the peace and comfort and guidance Molly did with Jesus Christ, we'd love to be a resource. If you need help in this crucial decision, get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, here's the prize for our new upcoming sweepstakes contest. It's another beautiful wooden scripture plaque of Psalm 5110 that says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Folks, this is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for well, daily inspiration from scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and well, cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. This one actually looks like it was cut from birch as it has that really unique bark exterior. Uh, this plaque has been handcrafted around the natural character and beauty of the wood that God created. If you'd like to peek at this scripture plaque, just visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced March 21st. But the deadline, folks, the deadline for entry is March 5th. And we look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Mom? I thought you'd be in bed. Are you okay? I'm fine. Mommy, what happened? It's nothing. Why don't you say it? Oh. You're bleeding, Mama. What do we do? Eric? I don't know. I don't... Who hurt you? Was it Daddy? Adam Alexander suffered from childhood trauma that led to years of his own addictions and insecurity. So where's the infamous Stacy? I hope you'd bring her. We're not together anymore. We had separated because of my drug-addicted lifestyle. While his brothers never gave up on him and prayed for his salvation, it wasn't until he was ready that Adam could receive the good news of which they spoke. Adam! I've had enough angry, abusive men in my life. 
I certainly don't need a god who wants to punish me too. You don't want to miss this exciting true story of Adam Alexander, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Molly were Amanda Markeski, Elizabeth Argus, Shaz Campbell, John Green, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Jack O'Dell and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So, until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.